Did you say you wanted to introduce this? Yeah, I'll, I'll introduce this one. Okay, then go ahead. Hello, and welcome to episode 26 of Live at the Brodello, our podcast. Our podcast, indeed. See, I got it right that time. You did. I even I, said the name Yeah. the episode number. You did, although technically it's live from the Brodello, not live at the Brodello. Whatever. Which I still think is weird. I always thought it should be live at the Brodello, but I've had to like train myself to write <laughs> from everywhere now. I feel like we could just be inconsistent about it, and that would be totally fine. Live with the Brodello. Live Brodello. In, in the, the Brodello. Brodello. Live, we could just, just any, live any, over the Brodello. Any, any preposition. Bully, preposition or Boolean operator. Live uh, and the Brodello. Live or the the Brodello. Uh-huh. Good. I feel like we have a lot to talk about, and I don't remember any of it. No. Well, because we didn't have anything. Uh, well, the obvious thing to do is, is talk about wedding things, so that's I already have one of those. Totally bored of them. Yeah, happy anniversary, by the way. Thank you. I had my first year of being married. Yeah. I'd say it was relatively successful. Relatively successful. We are still married. So what what percentage of still married are you? Well, I'd say pretty close to 100%, yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's, I think that's as successful as one can expect to be, really. Yeah, but now she's abandoning me and going to England. Mm-hmm. No one has ever understood my pain. I have no sympathy. <laughs> None at all. <laughs> She's going to be gone for five days. To somebody who is not married, but will be at some point in the future, Mm -hmm. what wisdoms have you learned from a year of marriagehood Mm. that you can Hmm. grant me that are actually practicable? Because I'm sure, like, Marry Maggie worked really well for you, yeah, but might not be as repeatable. And I wouldn't give that advice to you because I don't want you to marry Maggie. Right. It would make me feel uncomfortable and probably jealous. It would make her... I don't know how she'd feel about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I really have much advice. I think just don't be a jerk usually is good advice. I try, I, to, I try to maintain not being a jerk. Sometimes I, I fail. I feel like you're asking a bit much of me here. <laughs> Regular listeners will know that not not being a jerk is... Is a very difficult... Is for, more for my some. style. Yeah. Well, Jesse seems to like that for some strange reason, so... Yeah, I don't understand that. Maggie's always confused by it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, Christine is so mean to Jesse all the time. She just laughs. I think she might just have brain problems. Hmm. As I was saying, mean to Jesse all the time. Apparently her mother is concerned that we're going to have autistic children. <laughs> because because everyone thinks I'm hella spurgy, and apparently people think that Jesse is a bit spurgy as well. Spurgy? Yeah. Is that a British shorthand for Asperger? Yes. We say Aspie here. No, Maybe. it's... It... I think that term is no deprecated, though. Autism 2.0 came out, and now oh, it's just Autism Spectrum. Yes, I don't know. Which I, is don't a, know I guess it's Autism 5.0, it's the new DSM. Which is really... Oh, it's Autistic Spectrum Disorder. Which is weird because, like, they're definitely different. They're sort of qualitatively different levels of, Asper- of, of right. autism that affect people in dramatically different ways. Yeah. And, and obviously they're not telling psychiatrists to treat them the same way, but mm-hmm. it, they're, like, very different. Like, being nonverbal is very different from having trouble understanding other people's feelings. Yes. Cancer, not even scientists talking about Asperger's. Yeah. The lack of existence of it. Yeah. We are definitely qualified. Yeah, so qualified. But I'm surprised that anyone would say that about you, because you're very, not social per se, but you really like communicating and... Yeah... I very frequently get accused of not understanding how other people's feelings work. I feel like it's not that you don't understand, it's you don't care. Yeah, I mean, and I think part of that is the problem. (laughs) More like like on the sociopathy scale. Okay, yes. Okay, fine. I'm not spurgy, I'm just a sociopath. (laughs) Great. I I read an article that said that children of two engineers Mm -hmm. are more likely to be autistic than children of people who are not engineers. I do think Jesse should have been a scientist Mm. and not a fluffy humanitarian. Isn't Um, she a social scientist I mean she's getting better 
But, you know, I think it would probably take her more lifetimes than she has left to finally come round to the fact that real science is where it's at. Mm, but like, I think she would have been she would have been good at that. But like she was she, apparently as a kid she was like really good at science and stuff and she went into literature and performing arts and stuff because it was a challenge and she wanted mm-hmm. the challenge and it's like, no, you have wasted all of your skills. That's sort of why and I like pottery so much. When I was younger, science stuff was always really easy, but pottery was really hard. Although I picked it up late in life and now science stuff is not easy because I finally finally in college reached the point where I was doing things that were harder than my innate capabilities. Uh huh. And then I was like, "Fuck, this is hard. I don't know I, how to do it." I refuse it. I to reach difficult. that point. No, I, I just don't do things that are harder. Yeah, no. Or it, I constantly it, lie and was, pretend was, that I'm good at everything. It was a really unpleasant shock when I got to the point where, because in, in like all of school, everything was automatic, mm-hmm. and so I, I have no skills at like overcoming difficulties. Yes. So I come to something that's hard, and I'm like, fuck, what do I do? Yeah, no, my mother made the... It was either an incredibly clever move or an awful mistake, and I still can't decide which, of saying, like, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. And I have totally internalized this, but I think I've internalized it in a weird way where I specifically pick the things that I'm going to put my mind to to be the ones that I can do. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's clearly not true. Like, I couldn't become a linebacker. If you put your mind to it, maybe. Yeah, I, can, I'm, I mean, I'm sure I could imagine being a linebacker if I put my mind to it. You can, you can put it. your mind right through but, someone's shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like when people say that, they don't mean things that require athletic prowess. I Yeah, I don't know about the nature of uh, of learning stuff. I don't know. I mean, so, is, is learning to strong and athleticism much different from learning to EG science. There are certain professional sports, though, I think require not just... Lear- they definitely require learning too strong, but I think they also require some natural build that some people have and some people don't. Yeah. Like, I think some people are just not eight feet tall, and even if they gained 300 pounds, they would still not be a linebacker. I think I could be eight feet tall if I put my mind to it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You can do Gattaca style and just take someone else's leg chunks. Uh-huh. Just put their legs I- on my legs. <laughs> I feel like, so, someone told me that you should always praise children for, for working hard at something instead yes. of for being smart. Yes. Absolutely. I feel like I was always praised for being smart, and what it taught me was that it, it didn't teach me anything useful and prevent and prevented yes. me from doing anything that I wasn't good at because I'm afraid of not being smart. Yes. So, it makes me terrified of trying things that I'm not good at. Yeah. Which is like everything you, that I've not, I haven't done or have done minimally. If you're like, you did a load of effort there and that was awesome, then they learn that effort overcomes problems, whereas if you say, you are really clever then they learn that like innate ability overcomes problems what, what I've learned is definitely that if I had to put effort into it it was a failing on my part oh I see yes and I don't think my parents meant to teach me that but yeah, I yeah. always I definitely feel that like mm-hmm. I mean logically I know it's not true but yeah if something requires effort it's because I'm doing it wrong mm-hmm. if I was doing it right it wouldn't require so much effort yeah. And there must be... If it's hard, it must mean that there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Which is really a crippling way to view life. Yes. And prevents I... me from doing just about everything I would like to do. Yeah. My problem is that I just find practicing things really boring. Yeah. Like, I, I totally understand that things take effort, and I don't walk into stuff expecting that I'm going to be awesome at everything I do. <laughs> but that period of suckage is just shitty. It's so hard. And in a lot of cases, I don't have the t- to 
put myself through like I like nice things and I don't like sucky things so mm-hmm. I don't want to go through like some weeks of sucking at a thing till I suck slightly less at a thing and part of the problem is that my expectations and evaluations grow much faster than my skills at things oh okay so like if I'm gonna learn a new art mm-hmm. that I know nothing about I don't go into it with really high expectations right but my my but after eye two weeks, and my evaluate my, yeah. my ability to evaluate it grows so much faster than my ability to produce it yes so I'm, I'm always perpetually becoming wor- perceptibly worse at something yes which is incredibly frustrating yes these are not things that can you were saying like you don't want to go through three weeks of sucking but like mm-hmm. most things it's like ten years of sucking oh yeah yeah like drawing is mm-hmm. literally a lifetime commitment oh man there's that thread somewhere on a forum on the internet of a guy who's like I want to learn to draw and he sucks at drawing but like he keeps posting like a picture is it of shitty week. watercolor no it's not shitty watercolor like it's on, it's on some like random art you can forum. totally learn to draw I, I do believe that anyone can learn to draw but the People who know how to draw by the age of 25 mm-hmm. have 20 years of experience oh, right. that you Absolutely. will never, the thing about will never this, get. The thing about this thread, though, was that, like, you see a guy who literally can't draw a stick figure, and, like, you just scroll through, like, 300 pages of posts, mm-hmm. and, like, five years have passed, and, like, he is making beautiful art. Like, it's not even he is making passable sketches mm-hmm. or a thing that's quite good. He's just gone from, like, a drawing of a spoon that you do with your feet to <laughs> not quite being Picasso but mm-hmm. being able to draw like legitimate holy shit this is amazing stuff because and, and you just see he plugged away at it for perceivable years and there's a record of his improvement and you can like click through page one page five mm-hmm. page ten page fifty and see the improvement each time that's very cool so the other problem though is that it's not linear. Yeah. If you make 100 drawings, mm-hmm. probably, like, the fourth one will be the best one until, like, number 80 or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you will always... This drives me crazy. I'm, I always feel like I'm not... I'm never producing my best work, mm-hmm. except for the rare times when I am producing my best work. Yes. And then it moves the bar yes, higher. way higher. So it's a never-ending, mm-hmm. like, treadmill of failure. Yes, it's like the hedonic treadmill. Go oh, with failure. With failure. The failure <laughs> treadmill. Well, like, in the same way that the hedonic treadmill, like, raises your expectations expectations yeah. of the sort of life you want to live. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is raising your expectations of the sort of thing that you want to be capable mm-hmm. of doing. And this is not deliberate, but I edit my memories. Everyone does that. Right, everyone does that. But I always edit them into a negative light. So, like, I, I only remember the negatives of it. Oh, man, I am so totally the opposite. So, like, during Hussein was hella depressed, but before he got medicated mm-hmm. phase, I actually went to, like, a few sessions of counselling, um, and it was totally useless. But, like, we were talking about kind of my expectations for things and what I want to be doing with my life and why and like I must leave a legacy and like at one point she looked at me and said have you ever failed and I was like uh come to think of it I think I just retconned my entire life to edit out any time I was crap that's a much better way to do it. I, yeah, I, but I, I have, like, I have the, reckoned my entire life to be nothing but a string of failures. I have the biggest deal. I, like, that's probably better, though. Um, I, like, I, I literally cannot remember successful events in my life. It's definitely better for having confidence and stuff, but it makes me a massive tosser. Well, yeah. But you seem to... People like you, anyway. I honestly do not understand why. <laughs> I, I'm increasingly beginning to wonder... <laughs> <laughs> As you get to know me, you will find that I'm intolerable. (laughs) 
No, yeah, no, but but just I, any any new experience, I look at it and I'm like, this is going to be a string of unending failures that will end in disappointment. Mm-hmm. And so it really makes it difficult to do anything. There's so many projects that I'd like to do and I just can't get started on them. Or if I do get started on them, I will somehow destroy them midway through and then they will be added to the pile of things that I've failed at. So the pro- and if I succeed at them, they'll be added to the piles of things that I did so poorly that <laughs> I might as well have failed at them. Yeah. So I feel like the problem I have whenever I do a project is that I'm massively overambitious, even when I am deliberately underambitious. Mm-hmm. And then I never have enough motivation to get through the boring bit. Which like is, I have the a sp- vast majority of it. Right? right. Like I have a spurt of the initial three weeks of planning and organizing and building a thing, and it's awesome, and I do nothing but think about it. And then like I've come to the first non-trivial hurdle, and I'm like. Uh, I'm going to do something else now. So I have like three or four games that I started writing that were going to be quite cool things and I got some way along doing. And then I found a problem that was not immediately solvable Mm -hmm. and then went, I'm going to go over there now and forget about this. That's how I am. Except I see that problem before I even start. I don't start. <laughs> yeah. It's very frustrating. I'm not sure how to fix it either, because every all of my experiences tell me that it's going to end in failure. Mm-hmm. Because it invariably does, because I give up when I reach a trivial difficulty. I feel like a lot of a lot of this stuff is like how you be successful is be utterly delusional and somewhat psychotic. Well, no, not psychotic, psychopathic. Mm-hmm. Just like have... A completely overinflated sense of your ability to achieve things and delude yourself that they are completely achievable. Mm-hmm. And and continue to do that in the face of ridiculous adversity. Yeah, yeah. But so if I try to do that, I, I, I delude myself into thinking it's totally achievable. And I'm like, well, why haven't I done it? Why haven't I done it yet? Yes. Yeah. If it's so easy. Mm-hmm. Either that or just like inject heroin straight into your brain. I mean, that's pretty much my solution, right? I just don't do things. Oh, I, I thought your solution was inject heroin directly into your Well, brain. no, no, I mean, I, I read... Instead of doing things, I read books. Oh, I, I read see. the internet yes. and I play games. Mm-hmm. Because injecting injecting those directly into your brain is much easier than actually doing anything. Yeah. I don't know, I feel like... Things... like if, you, if you ask me what I want to do, it yeah, is not yeah, work yeah. at the road. It's, it's like make right. my own video games. And yeah. Build a fucking engine and... You know, it's like, like... Do, there are all these things that I want to do and I never do any of them. Right. But and I feel constantly bad about not doing any of them. To put like my ridiculous cynical hat on, like how do you know you're not going to start building an engine and then get to the first trivial problem and then fail and decide that you failed at something else? That's exactly why I don't start. I guess my question is why are you then deciding that you might drop your career at the Broad in order to do this thing that... Do you not want to fix the root cause rather than bounce around doing things that feel like things that you could be doing and then have the same experience with all of them. Yeah, but how, right? Yeah, I I don't know the answer to that. I do feel like a lot of it is I have personally found that rationalizing yourself through doing something that you think is bullshit, like just like take feelings, put them in box, ignore them, obey logical brain, even though you're like, this is all bullshit. Mm -hmm. And do it like, it's just a case of building pathways. Mm -hmm. And you have to build pathways despite the fact that you don't want to, because you need those pathways in order to 
actually want to. Right, so at right, some point yeah. you have to just like, there's a lot of like circular. Yeah, you have to overrule how, how you feel about, about that though. Yeah, it's really hard. It that is like the hardestest thing. Just like going, I feel rubbish about this thing, and I'm going to do it anyway until such time that my brain realizes that I'm going to keep doing it anyway. So I might as well keep liking it. Yeah, yeah. The, pro- the problem is I've never done anything past the point where it becomes. Where yeah, I've never reached that point. You have never succeeded in like making a habit. Yeah. There's there's so many things, like there's so many ways you can supposedly try and make habits. Like oh, do I've a thing for them. a month and I've like do them, them for forty five days or whatever and then they stick. Yeah, but but, but I, I don't manage it, right? Yeah. It's like people like it's like weight loss shit. People try mm-hmm. so many diets and they never Yeah. Like they're all, they always fail. But I don't think I Except think that's people a case don't of, fail. I think that's a case of like so with dieting it like if you're bouncing from diet to diet and you go up and crash and go up and crash, that's not sustainable. But if you nudge yourself on better trajectories... Like, the problem is that if you decide you want to lose weight and then you are obsessing about losing weight, then you'll want to do it very fast, which isn't sustainable. And then as soon as you stop doing that, you're going to go back to where you were. And then you're going to feel bad about it, so you're going to want to lose weight fast again. And, like, that isn't sustainable, whereas, like, nudging yourself on a trajectory that will have you lose a smallish amount of weight over six months is going to be more sustainable and better for you in the long term, but like you just have to suck up the fact that you will not see any effects. That's like saving money. I'm terrible at saving money, right? Like you just do a small amount of thing constantly for a very long time rather than something big now, which is hard, mm-hmm. and let compound interest solve the rest. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. But the problem is, most things don't have compound interest. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? I don't know. I feel like the long term benefits of long, slow burn, small things so, so are, like, I, I, are, are a compound interest type thing. So the problem, I think, though, is that some people are good at doing the slow burn sorts of things. And I feel like some people need to be really excited about something to sustain it, but then as soon as that excitement gets lost, they can't sustain it anymore. I think that's a learned ability. I think the ability to sustain through the point of I'm bored of this thing is a learn. Like, it's a thing you can teach yourself. I don't think that's magically innate. And, and I think maybe this is just part of my belief that nothing is magically innate and that you can do anything if you put your mind to it. But, like, running is the thing everybody talks about as being shit and rubbish and rubbish and rubbish and rubbish and rubbish. And Until then, suddenly it's And great. suddenly, like, you love running and you can't not run. I went the other way. I used to love running, mm-hmm. and then I did it more and fucking hated it. Now really? I never run. Yeah. That's interesting. I used to be really fucking fast. Uh-huh. And, like, like in elementary school, I loved to run. Yeah. And then, and then I joined a track team, and I just hated it so much, it made me hate running. That's interesting. And now I never run, and I'm slow and out of shape. And I used to run for, like, I would run for a couple of weeks in the mornings and I hated it and I never got to the point where I flipped from hating it to liking it but I think it was entirely because I was trying to do the lots of thing up front that's hard now yeah. whereas like going to the gym I went I am just going to go to the gym twice a week and they are going to be on Tuesdays and Thursdays and nothing will prevent me going to like if I have a social obligation I will not go to the social obligation going to the gym is a thing that I must do on these days and I've continued doing it to the point where I haven't been to the gym for for a week now because I was ill last week and I'm like I really need to go to the gym I feel like shit I must go to the gym but I think that came from not being like I'm gonna work out and get all of the hench in a week it was just like I have been here for a year now I've been going to the gym for six months-ish mm-hmm. and it stuck only because I persisted 
through all of the this is really boring like it's like relationships in the honeymoon period at some point you have to suck up the fact that you are not lusting over another human being constantly incapable of seeing their faults and the thing that like is the difference between your relationship succeeding and failing is can you deal with that yeah so it helps to meet someone in therapy where you you, learn, <laughs> you first learn their faults oh man <laughs> most effective therapy I've ever been to that's fantastic <laughs> I don't know. I've just been feeling very anxious and depressed lately. Yeah, I've I've had a also had a shitty time, but that's just because <laughs> wedding like you had planning some, like, is miserable. Wedding planning is miserable. I was lucky in that Maggie did almost all of it. The problem is that I have two states of being. I can either literally be entirely uninterested, which I don't want to be because it's my mm, fucking wedding. wedding. Or yeah, you can be, I like, can be super intensely interested in one and be frustrated that it's not the way it is. And yeah, like or I can be invested, but then like I feel like when I've been invested, <laughs> I've been frustrated. Like, <laughs> I, I've just been like, so I'm don't, not really a huge fan of children. I don't really want them at the wedding. And then now I'm instantly bad guy. Like I am wedding bad guy now, and everybody thinks that I am a monster. You to the wedding, and and so it's like this is an invalid opinion to have. Like, well, I guess the other opinion I can have is a zero opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just correct your ways and not be so useful. I don't think that's possible. Why don't you just every time you see a child, just don't punch them? That's it's little <sighs> things that build up over time. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is, though? I mean, like the the pleasure of of no, I'm not gonna. <laughs> It's, it's just that that moment gives me so much. I cannot defer my uh, my enjoyment. I failed the uh, the cookie test when I was five. Did you do that? No. Uh-uh. I don't know, I might have done, but nobody ever told me the result. I'm definitely going to experiment on my children. Like one, one of my friends went to a research nursery school. Oh my god. Where like, everything awesome. was like watched behind glass. Wow. Which sounds awesome. What did they learn about themselves? Do they, do they have access to their results? I don't know, I don't think so. Really? I don't know if she ever looked into it. That seems like such a waste. You could know if you're going to go... To, you could know if you're going to grow up to be a psychopath. <laughs> Not sure that's what they discovered. I don't know what they. I don't know what they did. But I mean, they might have discovered something. I guess they discovered that children are really boring to watch all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Why did we set up this research nursery school? Yeah. Anyway, I think it's time to go and get ice cream. Is it that late? We started at half past twelve. Oh, and we've been yeah, we've been going for and a while. And it's now half past one. Uh, I think so. ice cream's at two thirty. No, it's not. It's definitely one thirty to two thirty. We've been missing cruelly misinformed. Then I am sorry about your your misinformation. You should update the the group. Goodbye, the internet. We will see you soon. Actually, we have a guest tomorrow, hopefully. Oh, do we? Who? Yes, Aaron. Oh, does he know? Yes. Excellent. Bye.